0: Fundraising from families who are intentional about their philanthropic legacy. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakovich. This is the first day from the fundraising school and I'm joined today by Maureen Hackett, who is the president of the Hackett Family Foundation and founder of the Hackett Center for Mental Health. And Maureen is also a generous supporter of the Indiana University Lilly Family School Philanthropy, where she endowed the Eileen Lamb O'Gara Chair in women's philanthropy, and uh, our leader of the Women's Philanthropy Institute serves in that endowed chair. Maureen, thanks so much for being with us on the first day of the fundraising school.
1: Glad to be here. Thanks, Bill.
0: And we're also joined by Kelly Hackett, who serves as vice president of the Hackett Family Foundation. And Kelly, thank you for being with us as well.
2: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Maureen, for people who fundraise, they often fundraise not just from individuals, but from families. And philanthropy has been part of your family story to the extent that you named the endowed chair uh, for our Women's Philanthropy Institute after your mom. Why did you do that? What impact did your mom have on you in that regard, which then helps us explain Kelly's engagement now with your family foundation?
1: Absolutely. So my mother, you must know, uh, was born and raised in West Lafayette, Indiana, Mm. and graduated from Purdue in 1935. So When we endowed the chair at Indiana, I'm sure she was rolling in her grave. Um, At at least my father was. The story about my mother and why I did that, uh, I am one of nine children. Uh, I'm number six, and as my mother would say, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. But she was a very philanthropic person in that she gave of her heart and herself. Uh, She had garage sales with our pretty little Dresses that she resold for ten cents to neighbors and people that really needed it. She gave wisdom. She took people in um, who didn't have homes, uh, and and as we got older, my father no longer worked from the age of forty until he died in this, in his seventies, and my mother was the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. So she started an employment uh, agency for women only, and found that these women needed to up their skills to get better jobs in corporate America so that they could have health insurance for themselves and their families. So she then started a school, a business school. So she was a great model for uh, sharing and taking care of, of one another and uh, being good, being kind to each other. Uh, we ate in shifts, the little kids ate first, the bigger kids ate second. Um, never complained, really a very never complained about dad not working or somebody being a brat. Uh, so. A great example. I thought this was a great way to honor her and for people to remember uh, to be kind to one another, take care of each other. So she was philanthropic, but certainly not as a funder. She made that clear. We don't have two nickels to rub together, as I said. That was her famous phrase.
0: How I wish I could have met your mom, Maureen, and and you honor her so well with that description. Um, going to college when most people didn't go to college, let alone when hardly any women went to college, is remarkable yeah. of itself, and then. Started a business to help women uh, improve their economic conditions. Again, at a time when the glass ceiling was a whole lot lower than it is today, That's uh, right. and she was saying, "Not on my watch. We're going to mm-hmm. you know, keep pushing that ceiling up till it no longer exists." Is so remarkable, mm-hmm. and that helps all of us understand her drive, her passion. Mm-hmm. You know what's intangible intangible about your mom. Uh, and can you please describe, I mean, obviously when you make such a generous gift and, and that goes out in the news and, and people see that wonderful physical generosity, can you talk about the motivation behind that and the passion behind that and how you, you know, learn that from your mom and you express that through your own philanthropy today?
1: Well, sure. I mean, uh, everything I did as a child, um, I tried to emulate the way my mother did it. And as a matter of fact, when I was nine, she recommend I start volunteering, and volunteering at a hospital. Now, that's that's young, and that was not uh, looked upon. as You needed to be 14. Well, of course, with what she was doing, teaching people uh, to be medical assistants and get a job, she had a relationship with the hospital. So I ended up pushing a cart of flowers when I was nine, and uh, continued doing that until I was 16, Eventually, doing the the fun stuff, the bedpans, and feeding older people. But uh, <laughs> you know, she she's the one who instilled in me that you you've got to give back. It doesn't matter about your money, your the money that you have, but you got to give from your heart, and and you have to be compassionate. And the other thing, the exercise that she taught me was to slide yourself in someone else's shoes, who's suffering, before you criticize them or judge, and and close your eyes. Now you're now you're in their shoes. How does it feel? What can you do to make it better for this person? So hope that answers your question.
0: Oh, absolutely, Maureen. And these are values that you and you and your husband have instilled in Kelly, who now serves as vice president of the Hackett Family Foundation. Kelly, did you have an opportunity to meet your grandmother? Did, uh, was, did she have an opportunity to influence your life as well? And then I'm going to ask the same question of you about your mom.
2: Uh, Yes. So my grandmother, who we refer to as Nana, lived with my family for years. Um, And we lived in Chicago. And so we got to be closer to her when I was there. And she was a great influence. All of the things that my mom has discussed about her, she made sure that all of her grandchildren knew as well, that you have to give back. And we never knew at at a young age what it meant to, to financially give to something. We always knew philanthropy as volunteering. So she for sure influenced all of the grandkids, and there are 29 of us, and every one of us knows what Nana stood for. So yes.
0: And then what have you learned from your mom, and how much of that has been intentional sit-down discussion, and how much of that has been observing your mom as she's been active philanthropically throughout your life?
2: I'd say the vast majority has just been observing actually. So I've learned quite a bit from her because she took what my grandmother always stood for to the next level. So she and my father always gave from the same place, which was a place of faith and knowing that because the community has blessed us so much, we have a duty to give back to the community. But I saw my parents work so hard to earn a living and to change where they came from financially. So watching my parents know that you can't just give to everyone out there, that there's strategy that should be in place to make sure that you're really making an impact on the beneficiaries is something I picked up from her for sure. But I'd say more than anything else, I picked up from my mom and from my dad, generosity of spirit, so.
0: A generosity of spirit, but also very intentional about impact. Very to,
2: intentional about impact, yes, which is something that I've always wanted to make sure, you know, we accomplish together as a family, because as a family office member, someone who, who drives their finances as well as their philanthropy, those things matter.
0: <laughs> so I have to say, I promised Kelly I was listening, but I couldn't help but glance at your mom's face as you were talking and a little girl <laughs> came up, a little pride there, mom. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and
1: must have done something right. Yeah,
0: so beautiful to see that, Maureen. Uh, Can you please help fundraisers understand this idea of legacy? Because your mom handed this to you, and your husband has been so active as well. And now you've been very intentional about involving Kelly now. What does that mean for the philanthropy of the Hackett Family Foundation that we have, you know, two different generations now engaged with this work?
1: Well, I certainly hope that it goes beyond these two generations. I have three grandchildren who uh, watch this as well, and they participate to the best of their ability in terms of volunteerism. They actually uh, stayed with us for three weeks, my husband and I, um, with the virtual classroom. And uh, I, had, I had the PE duty, you know, so I got to watch them for physical education. And that, that entailed getting in a, the car Uh, three of them had drawn pictures that said, thank you so much. And they drove by a local emergency room and uh, gave those papers to the, to the ER uh, people, which was just so great to see. So legacy is very important to me. You want, you want the good stuff that your family represents uh, to be solid all, all the way through every single one of them. I'll tell you, I have eight siblings and we're not all the same and we're, we don't all have philanthropic uh, duties at the top of our mind. I say we, we, we're kind-hearted and we take care of people. But my strategy with, with Kelly and my husband is um, make an impact, do it now, watch it while you're alive, and have your grandchildren enjoy it as well and learn something.
0: Maureen, thanks to your generosity, at the fundraising school, we are able to teach you know the right person, asking the right person. Uh, through you know for the right gift at the right amount the right time for the right reason what advice do you have for fundraisers and then kelly i'm going to ask you to respond to the same question please in terms of when somebody encounters a family foundation with multiple generations engaged you know maureen does the fundraiser meet with you do you ask them to meet with kelly Uh, and and just again if there's a way we can generalize that uh, as Mm -hmm. fundraisers want to go about doing their good work and approach Mm -hmm. family foundations in the right way
1: great question and so since she came along uh, and joined us formally um, as uh, the vice president of the Hackett Family Office, um, I made sure that she was up to snuff, not, not like it took a lot of work, on making philanthropic investments, time, money, effort. Um, we actually sat down with several people at the fundraising school to, to learn about these strategies and what to look for. Um, so I think that uh, it didn't take a lot to teach her, but I, I think we're at the point now where she's in her 30s. I have three other children, forty, um, 37 and 34, almost 35. It's time for them as well. They all have different interests, but I think um, what I would say to fundraisers is, know what, you're, know what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Invite the next generation. If you don't see them at, at, at meetings, and there's a reason for that, but I always make sure that whoever's meeting with me or my husband or both of us knows that uh, I have a family office that's going to take a good hard look at this. Um, and now, I've, as I've said with my other children, it's just about time for some of them uh, to, if they have an interest, to come on and learn this type of learn this type of giving. I think education is huge, and and you offer that. So, whatever you can do with the people that you're teaching to fundraise, make sure they do their about family, now, for some people, uh, it's a it's a new concept. Um, for families, it's an old concept from fa- generation to generation to generation. For my my family, particularly my personal family, this is a new thing uh, for us. So, Kelly, I don't know how you feel about that.
0: Kelly.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say for fundraiser, for anybody, one of my number one things that I harp on in life is know your audience. And so I think there's a lot of assumption made that still harkens back to another time that the male is the head of the household. So always just go Mm -hmm. to the male to figure out whether gifts should be made. Um, We don't run our foundation that way. So uh, for me, what's really important is as simple as read the 990, see who's actually involved on the board of the organization, ask around and see who makes the decisions. But I would say always default to including someone who's in their thirties in your discussion. Even if it's when you reach out to someone like my mom, who's the obvious face of the Hackett Family Foundation, ask her if she has any next generation members who they should be meeting with. Because to me, stewarding all generations that are involved or could be involved will get you much further than just going to the one person you think holds the purse.
0: So do your homework about each family foundation, each family office, and then once that homework's in place, as you've heard from Maureen and Kelly, you can still ask questions. Are there others who we should uh, be Mm -hmm. engaged with here, who we should involve in these meetings? Can you help me better understand your process of moving forward in a way that you would prefer? uh, Is very much welcome. Uh, by philanthropists and donors. Uh, And this is the type of information that we do teach at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. For example, through our master's degree, which is now available online, uh, where we don't necessarily teach the how, instead we teach the what and the why and get into these complex uh, uh, issues as we've been able to do today. And of course, then in the fundraising school, we are able to teach the practical skills through 20 different courses uh, that are available uh, online and a little bit in person right now during COVID-19, including a course on gender differences in giving, which flows out of the women's philanthropy Mm -hmm. Institute, thanks to the support of Maureen Hackett. Now, during this pandemic, uh, all of our services are gathered under one big neat theme of TFRS at your desk, where you can learn about our crisis response scholarships that reduce the course of our Uh, cost of our courses by 50 percent. You also learn about these uh, podcasts, our monthly webinars that are conversations for fundraisers to come together, Uh, and of course more information about special courses and certificates, the current affairs series that's been designed especially in response to the pandemic. All this available online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. With Maureen Hackett and with Kelly Hackett, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and you are now more fully informed on this first day with The Fundraising School.